Greetings, everyone. This is Gary Bean welcoming you to the LL Research Podcast in the Now, episode number 70. LL Research is a nonprofit organization dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community. Towards this end, it has 10 websites. Actually, two. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Um, one of which is the archive website, llresearch.org, and the other is our community website, bringforth.org. During this podcast, we respond to your questions. And we consist of Jim McCarty, Austin Bridges, and me, to whom you've already been introduced. Each of us is a devoted student of the law of one, material and philosophy. Um, your questions allow us to explore the law of one and related matters of metaphysical interest, and our hope only is to be a resource that enhances your own seeking process. Uh, when you listen to us, please keep in mind that our replies are not the final word on these subjects. We ask each of you to exercise your discernment and be sensitive to your resonance when determining what's true for you. If you would like to send a question for the show, please do so. Our humble podcast relies on your questions. You can either email contact at llresearch.org or go to llresearch.org slash podcast for more instructions. Again, I'm Gary, and we are about to start a new episode of In the Now. Uh, Austin Bridges, Jim McCarty, you you with us? We're, I'm here. I'm ready. Yep, there he is. All right, check completed. Now let's dive into our question. Which comes from Austin. I did not put the questioner's name down. His name is Leo. Leo. Oh, yes. Leo B. Leo, I'm sorry. I didn't remember that this came from you. So uh, it's several paragraphs. To begin, I am trying to understand the role of the service to self path in our cosmos. It has confused me a bit to note how Ra describes that at high sixth density, service to self entities flip polarity to service to others. In many deep spiritual traditions, all duality is transcended in enlightenment, which is to say that the locus of our identity becomes ever more expansive until it is identified with the creator itself, the creator in both its intelligent infinity, what in certain Tibetan traditions would probably translate to the ground aspect of awareness, or boundless, timeless ground of being, and its intelligent energy, which would translate in Tibetan traditions to, quote, appearance aspect of awareness or the liveness, liveliness of awareness. So it would seem to me that in our highest state of development in this octave, all paths certainly and all polarities would have to be transcended or seen through as well. So that's the stage that Leo sets. And then his question. So it confuses me that it almost seems as though the service to others path is framed as ultimately the more true or accurate path or perspective. It sounds as though the service to others path, um, or rather, and that the service to self path is a temporary deviation. But that doesn't seem to match with the understanding from Ra that both paths are legitimate. Both paths to the creator are legitimate. It also confuses me because a fully dualistic framework of the two paths would seem more elegant than a partially dualistic framework where the service self path is just a temporary, if even necessary, deviation. So, we got a lot of rich threads to work with 
in here. Uh, Austin, what do you think about Leo's questions? I think that uh, since the service to other path is the one that we're on, then it is the true and accurate and best one. (laughs) That is the correct answer? (laughs) Um, Actually, I have a pretty significant response to this because it is a pretty deep question. So um, I'll see if uh, I can get through it all. The first aspect of his question that I think is important to address is the notion that the service to self-polarity is flipping to service to others in sixth density, which I don't think is necessarily um, an inaccurate statement, but I don't think that it takes in the full scope of how Ra describes the polarities as they move into the sixth density. And one of their most um, telling statements on this comes from their response from uh, its session 78 and it's question 28, where they say, in sixth density, the density of unity, the positive and negative paths must needs take in each other, for all now must be seen as love-light and light-love. This is not difficult for the positive polarity, which sends love and light to all other selves. It is difficult enough for service to self-polarized entities, that at some point the negative polarity is abandoned. And at another point in the material, they do say that the positive-negative polarity is a thing which will, at the sixth level, become history. So in this regard, Ra seems to be describing both polarities as essentially taking in the other in sixth density and that constitutes something like a release of the polarities. So not necessarily service to self flipping to service to others, but both polarities sort of releasing uh, the polarity concept in general, in a sense. And uh, Leo might describe that, from his question, to be transcending duality. And the notion that this is easier for the positive path Uh, seems to be related to the rest of Leo's question here. So he frames the positive path as truer, and in a certain sense, um, I think that is true, at least as Ra describes it. Ra says that the negative path is based upon an omission, and also describes it as the path which is not. So the negative polarity relies on potentiating an illusory sense of separation in order to progress through the densities, while the positive polarity relies on potentiating a perceived harmony, which is closer to the ultimate reality as we understand it. So, the positive path has essentially spent its time in evolving up to sixth density as trying to recognize the universe as it truly is, uh, in unity, harmony, and love, maybe in a distorted sense, but they've at least been trying while the negative path spends its time essentially gaining its power from denying that. So, in a way, uh, they both have to release their polarity to realize this deeper truth, but it is easier for the positive path because it is what they've been practicing all along. And uh, there is still some kind of polarity released, I don't fully understand that part, but it is released in a way that essentially um, has been indicative of their path up to this point. The negative polarity has been practicing the opposite. So they have no experience in 
what Ross says, taking in the opposite polarity. And that to me seems why they have a uh, struggle when they get to this point because they just have been going in the opposite direction and potentiating that which is not. So um, my further thought, a little bit more, um, has to do with the concept of how polarity relates to what Leo calls transcending duality. And I've done a lot of thinking about how duality and non-duality and polarity are related. And on the surface, it seems like the polarity and duality, those two concepts, are correlated, or they might even be the same thing. Uh, polarity must be a duality since it implies two opposites, sort of a dynamic tension between two things. But if we're talking about the concept of duality and non-duality in third density, it seems like um, it has to be fit within the framework of polarity in a sense. Uh, because, in my mind, the very concept of non-duality implies a polarity. On one end of the spectrum of that polarity would be non-duality, and on the other end of that spectrum would be duality. In a way, I think that this spectrum of non-duality and duality are just a slightly variant perspective on the type of polarization that Ra talks about. So one could travel this spectrum in either direction, realizing and acting upon the realization of unity, which would be non-duality or the positive path, or realizing and acting upon uh, separation or duality or the negative path. So a person on the positive path might not directly perceive non-duality, but through either faith or through glimpses of it, they um, behave as if the universe were one being, one creator. They're trying to recognize the one creator and the unity in all things, and the opposite is true for the negative. So uh, a non-dualist, I think, a true non-dualist would probably disagree with the very notion of placing the concept of non-duality upon a spectrum. And uh, I think that that might be along the same vein of what Ra was talking about in once sixth density is reached, the polarity of this spectrum is released. So a non-dual uh, person who promotes non-dual philosophy or um, awareness would, you know, not want it to be placed on any spectrum at all because it just transcends all sorts of spectrums. And I think that's essentially what is happening in sixth density and what Ra's talking about in the, the realization that happens in sixth density is realizing that non-duality, this thing that positive beings have been working towards this entire time, actually doesn't even exist on a spectrum. It incorporates the entire thing. But up to that point, we have been working with it as if it were on a spectrum, a polarized spectrum. So those are my initial thoughts on Leo's great question. Back to you, Gary. And that is precisely why I don't talk about polarity and duality at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Yes, <laughs> it's a polarizing topic. <laughs> And philosophically so intricate and meaty. Um, thank you. It was a really clarifying reply, Austin. Jim, how would you tackle this one? Well, let's see. Uh, in my best smorgasbord style. Um, 
Leo says that he's not sure about the value or purpose of the negative polarity as being an only um, a short-term type of experience. But I think you have to realize that it goes all the way through fourth and fifth densities. The fourth density is 30 million years and the fifth density is 50 million years. So these guys are around for a while. So we're going to have to deal with them. And that's another point I wanted to make is that most of the religions of the world do not deal with negative polarity. Before the raw contact, I had never heard of entities progressing on the negative path. I didn't even know it was possible. I knew there were negatively oriented people around, but out there they were just kind of screwed up and eventually they would you know, see the light or something. I really didn't think much about them. But the, uh, the negative path was a whole new concept for us, and it took us a while to, um, to figure it out. In fact, one of Don's questions was, well, how do the negative entities progress? And Ra had to tell us, you know, well, they do like like you do. They go up in the densities, you know, one, two, three, four, five. Well, actually, three, four, five. So um, I think that when we're dealing with the concept of duality, uh, the negative polarity sort of um, creates um, a category of its own because their duality is not so functional as our duality is they create a negative experience and they are looking to control and manipulate the basic quality that designates the negative path is separation. So they're attempting their very best to uh, pursue a path of, as Ra said, that which is not because the creation is built upon unity. All things are one. They're the one creator, including these negative entities. And they're fairly well aware that they are the creator. They just feel like they're more the creator than anyone else, and you guys got to get a line and pay tribute because I have more power than you do. So um, the negative path is one which, as Ross says, has a problem when it comes to the sixth density. And it's not the latter stages of the sixth density. It's the very beginning of the sixth density where they have the problem. Um, Ra mentioned um, in 52.5, the very last sentence, as a, uh, sixth density approaches, the negative orientation is thrown into confusion. So it happens right away. They have this problem. Uh, well, Chloe just knocked her food off on the floor. Um, they have the problem that um, all this love of their self, all this wisdom they have has to be balanced with um, a love for others. And that's not really possible for them because their pantry is bare in that particular category. So what they're doing is reversing uh, the focus of their love and focusing it on others and seeing others the same as themselves and uh, reversing this separateness and, and getting into the concept of unity. So in that regard, they have a, a bit of a struggle. And they, uh, I, I have no idea how long this takes. Uh, they are able to do it, apparently, though, because they um, build the same kind of power that positive entities do, as uh, Ross said, that the law of one blinks neither at the light nor the darkness, but is available for service to others and service to self. They create the same power that the positive polarity does. So because they have that power, they can reverse it. They're, they're wise enough to see, well, well, gang, we have a problem here. Well, Houston, we have a problem. So we're going to have to switch this polarity around if we want to go any further. And of course we do, because that's what Everybody wants to do, you know, positive and negative. They want to go back to, into unity with the Creator. Uh, at least that part of both paths is quite clear to the uh, ones on each path that follow. 
positive or negative polarity. And I, I kind of came to an interesting possible, well, it's not really a conclusion, but observation uh, a couple of months ago that I uh, remarked on in the Camelot Journal. And that is the entire purpose of the creation is so that the one creator can know itself more intensely with greater variety and greater depth than ever before. And all of us, as we're traveling through the various densities, make free will choices that aid the creator in knowing itself better. Now, if you think about the negatively oriented entities, they have very likely uh, a whole lot of interesting experiences uh, of domination and control and separation and so forth as they're moving all the way through whatever part of third density they began in, then all the way through fourth, all the way through fifth, and then they come to sixth. And they have to switch their polarities and become positive. So I have a hunch they're offering more ways for the creator to know itself than positive because they they got both paths to offer. And they um, would have a whole lot more variety and probably a whole lot more intensity as far as the negative separation, domination, control, and power over others. So, you know, in that regard, uh, you know, they're not only equal, they, they may be... Um, exceeding what positive entities are able to do. That's just a guess. It's a possibility because of their experiences. So uh, those are my thoughts. Austin, how about, oh, Gary, how about you? We haven't heard from you yet. Austin, you're up again. Yeah. <laughs> we liked what you said so much. We want to hear you. <laughs> I'll just repeat what I said. Yeah. Uh, that's a really interesting thought about both polarities basically having the same foundational desire to advance, to evolve, to move closer to the creator, just with diametrically opposed ways as to how to go about that. But they're both hungry for evolution. Uh, I've considered the same basic question regarding how to view the two polarities in terms of duality. Um, Austin and I are designing just like a really basic diagram to visualize the hierarchy and movement of the entity through the densities in this octave, first through seventh density, uh, for an illustration for our upcoming book. And uh, we were presented with a choice when it came to fourth and fifth density where there are polarized environments. That is where service to self and service to others are separate from one another. They inhabit different realities, but within the same density. So when you diagram that out, well, let me step back and say, you put, um, starting at the bottom of the page, you, you create a bubble or a rectangle for first density. And then moving upward, you have another rectangle for second density. And on it goes in a straight line to seventh density, just to kind of indicate uh, an ascendancy of one density after the other. Not to be interpreted, uh, the diagram, of course, not to be interpreted literally. So then come fourth and fifth density, do you make arrows at a 45-degree angle from one another from third density moving upward so that you have fourth density negative to the left uh, and fourth density positive to the right portrayed as um, as two equal halves of a whole and then moving straight up to fifth density negative, fifth density positive, and then arrows coming back inward at a 45-degree angle to meet again and unify in sixth density. That conveys one idea. 
or do you draw the diagram so that there's a straight line moving from first to all the way up to seventh density, and then it depicts fourth and fifth density as being like a detour, a deviation, a movement away from that straight line, and then a coming back into that straight line in sixth density. For negative. For negative, yes. Thanks for the clarification. Um, and I think both depictions have uh, value. Uh, which is more accurate, though? Uh, we landed on keeping fourth and fifth density depicted as two equal halves of a whole, where like both of them kind of deviate from this straight line, if you will, move upward another density, and then both of them converge back into sixth density. And, I don't know, I think a case could be made for both, but polarity, as Austin was saying, by definition implies a spectrum, implies one half of a whole or one end of a spectrum. Okay, so let me circle back a minute to the idea supporting the, the kind of two halves theory. Uh, I was just talking about polarity, the what it means by definition. And in that case, a, a service to others entity is embracing one path and rejecting another. Um, uh, the service to others entity says no thank you to the uh, service to self path. I have chosen service to others. And conversely, the service to self entity says no thank you to the service to others path. Uh, though actually, I don't think that the service to self response to service to others is so polite. <laughs> I think a service to self entity actually might say something like, behold my glory, I am God, and I will destroy you now, or enslave you, or manipulate you, or just seek to infringe on your free will. But in support of the, the theory that service to self is a deviation, one can make the case that, as Austin and Jim are doing, that those of the positive polarity are seeking transcendence of duality in the embrace of all. Uh, even if a service to others entity doesn't choose for themselves a negative path and doesn't accept the services which are of a negatively oriented nature, they are still attempting to see all things as one. Uh, the positive entity understands that he or she is one with the negative entity. Uh, <clears throat> it just can't allow itself to be enslaved by the negative entity. So it takes a, a defensive uh, posture, understandably. And that positively oriented movement is a movement towards transcendence of duality. Though ultimately, even the negative entities are moving towards a transcendence of duality eventually, just it's not quite their intention. Uh, and the negative entity is energizing and actively depending upon duality. And with all its willpower, it rejects the unity of all things and chooses to stay in the shadows of illusion. But like as this question is turned over in one's mind, it, it gets into the fundamental paradox, the mother of all paradoxes of the entire creation, and that's the paradox between the one and the many. Are things actually one at all times, or are they many? If they're many, how can they be one? If they're one, how can it be many? And both truths exist simultaneously, except Ra says the... the uh, the play of the many, the, the drama and the journey of the many is an illusion. It ultimately dissipates. Um, it's, a, it's a fiction, if you will. And the negative entities really uh, dig into that fiction and make the best of it. 
and whole new opportunities are open because of that. And hmm, a final thought about non-duality and Austin is right that non the truth of that term is supposed to point to reality that is wholly beyond all spectrums all dualities of course as a word non-duality seems to mean be the opposite of duality but what it's ultimately trying to say through the limitation of language is that there is no duality there is no second or third or fourth. There is nothing other than one. And um, it does so not in a positive affirmational way by saying all is one, but rather in a negative way by negating any, um, a- any, <laughs> any duality or any spectrum. I find myself just repeating the same words, <laughs> wanting to say it in a new way. But it is apparently at the sixth, all, non-duality also implies that all along, all, all things are one. All things are non-dual. In first density, second density, third density, even when polarities are at war with one another and convinced that they are a service to self entity or service to others entity, even then, ultimately, things are non-dual. It is just that in sixth density, the paths um, release the game release the play and I don't know what the correct way to say this is but consciously become aware of non-duality or just recognize that they have been non-dual all along some some rough thoughts for you Leo uh, Jimmy Rawson do you have anything more to contribute I had a thought in my mind a while ago trying to find it <laughs> um i do have one if you can't find it jim go ahead with yours <laughs> okay <laughs> it might not show up um i have a couple of thoughts like you're uh talking about the concept of non-duality and particularly those who speak about it from a standpoint of uh claiming to have realized it basically they talk about it in terms of it always being there it's a realization that um, it's not something that they achieved by striving for it, even though the striving was necessary uh, all along, but that it's a realization of something that was there through all the striving. Um, I think the common metaphor is looking all over your house for your sunglasses when they were on your head the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be a good example, uh, or at least metaphor for that journey of the polarities to this ultimate realization of ultimate unity. And that the positive path, uh, is looking for the sunglasses and they want the sunglasses, the sunglasses being unity and, um, harmony and peace and the creator. And they're striving for that. But then, um, upon finding the sunglasses, that striving is complete and realizing that it wasn't really, um, necessary the entire time, that the ultimate unity and presence was there already. And so that could be the description of sixth density as I was talking about it. And so my second point being 
So we're talking about this uh, non-duality as has been spoken about by third-density entities here on Earth, and yet we're relating it to sixth-density, which in um, time-space terms should be many millions of years away. So uh, my point being that um, I think that there are lessons to be learned from things that Ra talked about regarding the densities that are relevant for us now. I don't think that Ra would have been so willing and so eager to describe the densities and talk about the evolution through the densities if there weren't some good relevance for us now. Not that it's also not ultimately true for something in the future, but the universe and the creator being this fractal of macrocosm and microcosm there are things that they can say about sixth density that would be relevant for our spiritual journey in third density. And the concept of polarity being released ultimately, I think, is relevant to non-dual teachings on Earth today. So those were my thoughts. Jim, did yours reappear? Yes, he came back. I found it over in the corner. Um Ra gave us the balancing exercises as a means, actually, of uh, getting beyond the concept of duality. The balancing exercises help us to use the catalyst that we have every day presented to us to, at the end of the day, take a look at what knocked us off of our center of love. And then whatever it was, that, positive or negative, you know, these dual, dual concepts, doesn't matter which one, if whatever knocked you off your center of love, that peace and contentment that hopefully we all start our days with, then that is something that needs to be balanced with its opposite. And the nature of the balancing process is that any distortion needs to be accentuated in order to balance it. In order for duality to become balanced, we have to begin with whatever portion of duality in whatever form has come through us during the day. And then make it huge in our minds, recreate the situation that caused it, make it huge. If you got angry, make that so angry, you're furious, you're raging, you're overcome with anger. And then for just a moment, you image the opposite, um, acceptance. And then you just watch it. You don't have to make it get bigger. You just watch it get bigger. And then when it matches the anger, then you simply accept yourself for having both of these means as ways of knowing yourself, of knowing love, of knowing the Creator. And you do that with everything that comes your way that knocks you off that center, positive and negative. You balance patience with impatience and impatience with patience and, and pride with uh, humility and humility with pride. And uh, so you just, there's unending dual qualities that we are always using. So what this does, it helps you get back to that Unified nature. Ross said, the mind contains all things. We have to discover this unity of creation within our minds so that we can get past the concept of duality and make love as our only response to any situation that comes our way. Instead of getting angry at this and feeling happy with this and sad with that and confused with this, love needs to be the only response that we make. If we can do that, 51% of the time or more, then we're making ourselves available for the tr transition or the harvest into the fourth density. 
and I believe this is what most of the religious teachings or philosophies throughout history have attempted to do in some fashion to get beyond the dual concepts. They haven't been quite as literal as Ra is, but I think that's what Ra has to offer that is such a refinement on previous philosophical or religious concepts. So if we can do that, uh, make love as the only response. I mean, you might think that sounds easy, but that is hard. And for a long time, I thought, well, 51%, you know, what's so hard about that? But just try, you know, loving somebody who reviles you and uses you. You know, in the Bible, it says, resist not evil. And I think that was Jesus' basic teaching there was uh, get past the dual concepts so that you have love to offer to people no matter what. In session 42, uh, Don is talking about uh, walking into the... um, ring or the fence uh, with a bull in there and the bull might charge you and might hurt you so you get out of its way but you don't blame it and uh, Don asked Ra well now what what would be the proper response there in that and, and Don and Ra said well love you know love is the proper response in every situation so that's my contribution here for uh, getting past duality uh, we get past the good and the bad and the polarities by loving period I would concur that love, love of the, the love that is experienced in the green ray isn't, we get into semantics here and I've seen this point. It's unconditional. It has to be unconditional to be real. All right. Let's, we'll qualify that then by saying unconditional and throwing another adjective in there and saying universal too. Right. So unconditional universal love of the green ray, I don't see as, uh, and I'm ultimately agreeing with you, Jim, don't see as one occupying one half of a spectrum per se. It is uh, an act of wholeness, an act of unity, or rather an expression of unity in manifestation. Um, The second distortion, which is a bit different than love of green ray, uh, is the first, you might say, manifestation of free will itself. The the first um, infinity becomes aware and determines that it will know itself, and then it and then love is birthed. So it's unity and manifestation, and it is that which. Uh, dissolves boundaries, heals wounds, brings separation out of separation, and or rather reveals that things are not separate, clarifies, shines light through, and makes it less opaque. So I, so to agree with Jim, the balancing exercises um, that lead one into love are an act of transcendence. Your, ba- we, we exist in a in a realm of polar opposites and we balance them so that our energy can rise above them and into the heart and into love um so that is my reply to jim or not reply to jim but uh follow up on jim saw and then i had a follow-up or a building on where i believe awesome was headed to and that's that that is regarding the danger of bypassing spiritual bypassing and we've seen it before within the community where one gets a hold of concepts about non-duality and thinks that they need not then 
polarize their consciousness or move through a service to others, service to self path, because ultimately all is one and duality is an illusion and polarity is an illusion. So why not just go straight to the truth that is already here? And um, that's also a paradox to dig into, but Ra describes the design of the universe necessarily including the movement through polarity. It's so fundamental and so necessary that it is even written into the blueprint of the third density mind. The, the blueprint of the human mind says we must make a choice, service to others and service to self. And then through the, the vehicle, the, the container of that polarized consciousness, we can contact intelligent infinity and we can dissolve all illusions and can recognize that all along the sunglasses have been on our head. Uh, but it is necessarily includes passage through polarity. And Ra is, so far as I'm aware, fairly explicit about that. So those are my thoughts. You guys? Good, good thoughts. Um, we're running close on time, and I don't know how coherent <laughs> this will be. Uh, but uh, it is also an extension of what you were just talking about. Um, and it has to do with the uh, concept of the difference between um, levels and states. And I get that terminology from Ken Wilber and his integral theory. Uh, he The system's called AQUAL, A-Q-A-L. Um, I believe it is an incredible system if you want to look it up. But within that system, it is a basically a system of the evolution of consciousness and the evolution of um, spirit. And it includes uh, the ability to have both states, which non-duality and non-dual realization would be a state that is realized. But also includes the um, concept of levels, which the system of densities would be levels, or uh, not just densities, but the progression through activating and balancing our chakras would also be um, levels. And he talks about very eloquently how states can be realized, but levels, uh, it doesn't like uh, shoot you up through the levels. So you can look through history and find teachings of non-duality and find teachers who have obviously reached a state of what might be called enlightenment, but still hold incredibly what we would consider problematic views today, and not just problematic, inaccurate, or uh, just simply false views about the world and about other selves, and uh, some seemingly very negative. Um, there's been some very sort of racist or sexist people who have written about non-duality. So um, there's that concept that I help. I think helps clarify the difference of what we're talking about here between non-duality and um the work of polarity and um i don't know if there's a real conclusion or unifying thought to that but the system that ken wilber has created helps to reconcile those two things so if you're interested in doing that i suggest looking that up oh yeah i uh seeing that through the lens of the law of one ra does indicate that um to con 
to contact Intelligent Infinity through the gateway, it need not be necessary to maximally clear and activate every chakra so that it's just like 100% intelligent energy moving through each chakra with maybe a minimum maintained at each level. But rather, it is the overall balance of the self and the relative activation that allows enough energy to come through. And they say for this that the heart is necessary upon the positive path. Enough energy to come through and contact an intelligent infinity. So one could have in that model, enlightenment experiences while still having cultural baggage and distortions in their lower chakras. Like Austin was saying, somebody could be writing about enlightenment because they saw the unity of all things, but be a bit of a jerk in some way, maybe a sexist or a homophobe or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is that interesting dichotomy there that's Various depths of enlightenment may still contain a personality shell that has uh, quirks in it. But Ra also does indicate that the further one moves along, the more that personality becomes completely transparent to the underlying unity. So that as you would look at such a one, you would see less and less of personality quirks in their personal biography and more of the creator itself shining through them. And that would manifest, of course, as qualities of love and peace and uh, joyful vibration. And a quick follow-up on what Awesome was saying about non-duality. And this is probably, I'm probably just splitting hairs here, but uh, he was calling, using the word state for non-duality, like to to give it a, a, a category or to situate it in a hierarchy. And like we have no recourse but to fall back on such words but ultimately per my understanding like the real true meaning of non-duality suggests that it is present in all states Um, whether you're an unenlightened amoeba or um, you've expanded your being to include the whole universe it is a a stateless state it's already there a levelless level and um, yeah that (laughs) I think the hair you're splitting has to do with recognizing that state versus not recognizing that state, which is the paradox of non-duality. But the recognition of that state being what in that system would be the state itself. Hmm. So obviously you cannot recognize, you cannot recognize non-duality and then you can recognize non-duality and then realize you recognized it all along. But there is that moment where you did where that truth became revealed to you, and that would be the state. Uh, that recognition being a, one state among other states? Um, the end well, of a ladder? The fact that you climbed a ladder to get there to then realize there was no ladder. So, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, there was no ladder. Like, at every rung, it was present. And, yeah, it does require as paradoxical as it is, it does seem to require of us a climbing of the ladder only to fall off of it, so to speak. Well, we got all philosophical today. Uh, Jim or Austin, you guys have further thoughts? I'm done. Well, I just have one final thought for the folks that are listening. We thank you very much for listening. We thank you even more for sending questions. And we want you to know we love you very much. And I hope that you all love each other and, this week to see if you can say hi to a stranger and send a little love their way too. You don't know what a smile can do for another person. 
If you've been wondering what you've been listening to, I can't justify the content or explain it, but I can tell you that you've been listening to LL Research's bi-weekly podcast in the now. If you've enjoyed this show, please visit our websites, llresearch.org and bringforth.org. If you have any feedback for us, too, uh, for better or worse, constructive criticism, or, or if you want to send a good word our way, please, we'd um, love to hear from listeners. And uh, thank you so much for listening and for supporting this podcast with your questions. And a special thank you to Leo for his deep and probing questions featured in this episode. If you enjoy hearing us ramble on about any given particular topic of a spiritual nature, please read the instructions on our page at lresearch.org slash podcast. New episodes are published to our archive website every other Wednesday afternoon, Eastern or so. Have a wonderful couple weeks and we'll talk with you then. 